0: So we are in a series called Belong, and we're talking about this list in 2 Peter that's a list of seven things that we all have in common. Last week we talked about the idea of um, uh, goodness, and I told you the story about meeting my wife in the eighth grade, and my best friend said that she is too good for me. That's That's what my best friend said. Uh, she wasn't my wife at the time, but I had to change to become good in order for her to be attracted to me. That was kind of sad, but uh, I I ended up uh, doing the best I could. So we talked about goodness last week and making good decisions and why that's important and what it looks like in our lives when we make wise choices. Well, this week we're in the second uh, number, the second one of those seven, and it's called knowledge. Now, when I was Uh, Growing up, we had uh, a thing called an encyclopedia. Now, so for kids who are watching or whatever, not Wikipedia. Wikipedia is different. These were actual books, encyclopedic books books. And, um, you know, your your family would save up for these things. And, you know, when you went to school, you had to have an encyclopedia in your house. And there were two kinds of encyclopedias. There was the uh, Britannica, which was for lame people. Right? Forget that. You had to be world book. That's what we were in our family. So even before politics and before football and all that, we were arguing and taking sides over, were you Encyclopedia Britannica or were you world book? And of course, world book is better because that's what we had. And so um, I remember uh, one day, I was 10 years old, and I decided, because I'm incredible, to read through the entire encyclopedia So every book has its own letter in the encyclopedia, right? Um, And so, except for Q, which doesn't, that has to get attached to R because Q's never write about anything. So uh, that that gets put with R. But I was going to read through the whole encyclopedia because, because I figured if I read through the entire encyclopedia, I would know everything there is to know, Right? I got to Aardvark and I was like, yeah, bump this. This is like dumb. This is stupid. I don't care about any of this stuff and none of it applies to my life. And then as I got older, I realized that you have to do um, uh, book reports and reports on things, on scorpions. I think I did one on, I don't know, Aardvarks, right? Because I knew a lot about them. But, um, and so what you do is you'd read the article in the encyclopedia and then you, this is what I would do. I would just copy that onto my report, but I'd change the word so it made it look like I was coming up with that stuff on my own. And then what I do, kids, this is a pro tip, misspell stuff so then they think, oh, he didn't copy those down, right? Anyway, like I said, Lisa was good, I was bad, there we go, whatever. Uh, But it it was all about gaining that information. If I had that information, if I had that knowledge, I would be powerful. Can you imagine going onto the school campus and someone's saying, do you know anything about aardvarks? And you're like, totally. They're indigenous to some place and they eat stuff. I know a lot about them because I studied them in my encyclopedia. Well, nowadays, your encyclopedia is right here. Everything you need to know really is right here, isn't it? Like, okay, maybe, you're, maybe you don't have a smartphone, maybe you have a flip phone or whatever, but you have a computer, I'm sure. You have access to every piece of information you could possibly want. And guess what it's good for? Hardly anything. Hardly anything. Did you know this week uh, that a building collapsed in Florida, a condo? You probably knew that. It's in the news. And so you read about it, and it collapsed, and you go through the whole thing, and now they're up. How many families and are dead, and what's all this, and there's a hurricane coming, and all. What, what good does that, what does that do ya? to know that? Did you know there was a collapse in uh, 1981 at a Hyatt Regency? It was a, a, a walkway, and it, it collapsed in 1981, and it killed uh, like uh, over 100 people. Did you know that? I'll bet you did when it happened. It was all over the news. But what has it done for you? What has it done for me? What does it do for me to have every piece of information I could possibly have in my back pocket? What does it do for me to know? Now, we know that knowledge is power, right? This is one of the reasons not to get over-spiritualize everything. But this is one of the reasons why the Bible is so against gossip. Because gossip is information that affects another person. So, and, and you know what happens when you learn things. And we'll, we'll get to the Bible in just a second. But when you have information about another person, what ends up happening is dopamine fires in your brain. And this has been going on for a very long time. As long as there's been humans... Uh, God has instilled in us this desire to learn, this desire for knowledge. Because it's important. You would need to know, hey, a friend of mine told me there's a stream with fish over there. I need to take care of my family. Now that I know where the stream is, I can go feed my family. So this whole reward, dopamine reward system, is in place. That knowledge is important. But when it's used in the wrong way, God frowns upon it. So gossip is basically just a way, and you can, you can see it in a person. And you could, this will be your homework assignment this week. You're talking to someone, and you'll watch them light up. Oh! See, that, the dopamine just kicked in. They have information that they want to tell you about, and it's a little reward system that when they have information, you don't have information. They rise in power. You say, John, what does this have to do with anything. Well, even though we have all the information that we could possibly have on our phone, right, why are we still so jacked up? Jacked up is a term that I used to use when I was in high school. It just means, why are we so messed up, right? Why are we so messed up? We have all the information. Like, I literally have all the information I need to live a healthy life. Why don't I lead a healthy life? I have all the information I need for financial planning. Why don't I spend my money better? I have all the information I need. With all the information we need, why are we so addicted in America? So addicted to substances? So addicted to clicks. We have, I wrote some stuff down Uh, just so if you needed to get information, what you have available to you now that you didn't have 50 years ago. And some of you, well, nobody here is over 50, but if you were over 50, um, you would remember that it was difficult to get information. You had your newspaper. You had one of about four or five channels, right? And then you had stuff that you'd learn from somebody else, you know, via telephone or whatever. There are now 2.85 billion Facebook users. Have you ever learned anything from Facebook? I have. You know, you're sitting there. This is how it'll go for me. So I didn't know. I don't watch the news. So I didn't know anything about the Florida building collapse. Right. The way I found out about it was I was on Florida. I was on Facebook, and somebody said, "Hey, make sure you pray for the families in Florida." And I'm like to myself thinking, why would I pray for families in Florida? Why do I care about families in Florida? I didn't know what the context was. So I went to almighty Google and I typed in Florida. And by the time I got to, it was like building collapse, right? It was like the top, the top thing. So you can find out stuff from Facebook users. There's 500 million tweets a day. A little less than that now. That was just a little joke. OK. Uh, 1.86 billion websites. So now you want to go get information. Which website do you look at? One of the 1.86 billion. There's two million podcasts. Two million, OK? 500 hours of YouTube videos are uploaded every minute 500 hours a minute of youtube videos by the way i watched one on worship fails you guys did great okay Uh, 37 million youtube channels 500 billion of which are watched every day there's tweets Emails, Facebook posts, texts, phone calls, direct messages, Instagram, TikTok, Fox, CNN, The Atlantic. You can go on and on and on, however you're getting your, your information. There's information about, your, about family. There's information about your company, if you work for a company. There's information about your denomination, if you're part of a denomination. There's information about your health. There's information about the economy and your finances and all that kind of stuff. We have so much information. Don't you think we'd be better? Don't you think we'd handle racism better than we do now? I've got everything on my phone. And yet we still are mired in injustice why is that well what i want to talk to you about this morning is a different kind of knowledge the knowledge we have now results in information overload and our brains which were created by god was not created to be able to handle the amount of information we're getting the fact that there's a building collapse in florida while tragic only takes up space in my brain i don't live in florida I live in California. I don't live in a condo. I don't live on a barrier island, which is where it happened. Like, it's all different. Why are we so addicted to medication? Why are we so addicted to all the things we're addicted to? Pornography, all this kind of stuff. We have all the information. Here's what uh, one doctor said. He's a neuroscientist. He says, one of the things we lose is impulse control with this information overload. With all these dopamine hits that happen when we try to make decisions. Because our brain is basically just a decision-making machine. And when we're given more and more and more information, the first thing we lose is impulse control. This rapidly spirals into a depleted state in which, after making lots of insignificant decisions, which is essentially what the internet is, we can end up making truly bad decisions about something important. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Increasing in knowledge, but a different knowledge than what we're used to. So, we're talking in 1 Peter. Let's get to the Word of God. Uh, basically, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3 starts out with this. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You have everything you need for life and godliness. You say, well, I wish I got a raise. But you don't need a raise for life and godliness. Ah, oh, you know what? I wish we had a different person in, in, in the office in the polit- as president. You don't need a different person in, as president. Okay? You don't need a different Congress. You don't need a different neighborhood. You've been given everything you need for life and godliness. There's an example of somebody in some other area that you want to get to who's missing it because they're missing his divine power. Everything given to God. uh, Now, how is this possible? Watch this word. We're going to be looking at this word quite a bit. Everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge. You say, oh, goody, I have knowledge. I've got my phone. I've got the internet. I belong to a Facebook group. I've got all the knowledge I need. I, I'm actually smoking ribs right now. Like, I don't know if you, if because it's 4th of July and everything. They're at my house, and they're just by themselves, right? Do you know how, how I'm doing it? it? I can actually control it with my phone. Isn't that amazing? Everything for life and godliness, right? No, I'm just joking, right? Everything for life and godliness through knowledge, knowledge. Oh, great, knowledge, here's where we're going to switch this whole thing from our phone to what's really important. Our knowledge of him. Our knowledge of him. It does not matter how much I know about any topic, even important topics like injustice, if I don't know him. If I'm not growing in my knowledge of him. All of my knowledge should be pointing to Jesus. Now you say, "Well, gosh, that mean you don't learn on any subjects?" No, I, obviously I I actually watched like a half an hour of video to so I could smoke my ribs while I'm not there. I am a little nervous. I've mentioned it twice already in a sermon. Right? So yes, you learn those things. But it's connecting how I'm growing in my knowledge to how that is transforming me as a follower of Jesus. Everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Not, you notice it doesn't say through our knowledge of the Bible. Now listen, don't get me wrong. Study your Bible. Memorize your Bible. The Bible's important. All the scripture verses are important. But even Jesus himself said this. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have life. But it is these that point to me. It's those scriptures that point to Jesus. And then Jesus is the model for how we live. Who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. That's the goal. The goal is this. You have been created in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. And your job now is to follow Jesus in such a way that he transforms your life, that wherever you go, you are Jesus there. Right? He's given us these great and very precious promises so that through them, I might participate in the divine nature. So no matter what I learn here, I pass through the filter of Jesus. I pass through the filter of what would you have me do with this information that's participating in the divine nature. Participating in the divine nature is to enter into a situation and say, and again, forgive me for those who are political, I'm not, but instead of working all day long on how I can get the right person in office, I work all day long on how I can be the right person at the office. Instead of working all day long on trying to figure out morals, I spend all day long working on my morality. What type of husband am I? What type of neighbor am I? What type of friend am I? What type of Jesus follower am I? And that allows us to participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. It goes on, and then this is where the list starts, and then it goes on to this. If you possess these qualities, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's that word, knowledge again. Okay, so where do we go from here? For this reason, here's the list, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, that's what we talked about last week, and to goodness, knowledge. Now remember, I'm going to go back a couple verses, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge. Of him. Okay. We're going to switch gears to Philippians. Because there's no other section of scripture that I think formulates what I'm trying to say this morning. That as we increase as a society in information, we're losing transformation. As we gain more knowledge on What's going on in this area and this area? And we all have opinions and those are great. I'm glad we have opinions on different things. We have opinions on the economy. We have opinions on who should run this and who should run that and all those kinds of things. And that information is great. And you can get information in two seconds. I I can get information on anything. The question the Bible has for you, the question your heavenly father has for you, Is with the information, where's the transformation? What's happening on the inside? I'm supposed to know, not only the information, I'm supposed to know the person of Jesus. And it's supposed to radically change my life. He calls me, we have everything for life and godliness, through our knowledge of Him. And this knowledge of Him is not just facts about Jesus. That's what makes Christianity so weird, is that you're not only just learning about a Bible and sacred texts and all those types of things, but, but this Bible is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says it's piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of my heart. He's given me everything I need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Not just through information. Because we all know that, right? You have information. We won't get into all the different, different topics. But you know financial information. I don't have to tell you how to budget. You probably already know that. But I could go, I could go person after person going, yeah. I haven't really spent my money that great. Uh, I could talk about health and eating, right? Wow, yeah, I know all that. Yeah, low carb, blah, blah, blah. I got all that. This is the third week I talked about health, and we're giving out donuts for 4th of July. That's crazy. What is that? You can have all the knowledge you want that donuts are bad for you, and yet I'll bet you're going to grab one on the way out with me, because I am too. So watch what Paul does. Paul takes all this information he has. We we won't get into it. It's, It's prior to these verses. But Paul basically goes through and gives you all his credentials. He was circumcised on the eighth day. Like he goes through all the different things that would make you go, wow, that guy has got it going on. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He's high up on the list, educated. That dude knew the scripture. He knew all of it. As a matter of fact, the way he had taken the scriptures and the way he had looked through the Torah and the Old Testament, when Christianity came on the scene, it was appalling to him. Because he had this information that what they were talking about, these Christians, was heresy, was against God. He had all the information. And you know what? He had it memorized. If he was a Pharisee, he would have had those first five books of the Bible down. He takes all that information and he persecutes the church with it. All that all those degrees, all that experience, all that 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 power, and he abuses it on the church. And here's the conclusion he comes to. And this is the conclusion that I come to in my own life, although it, has, it hasn't spelled itself out as much as I'd like it to. But whatever was profit, I now consider law. So before I became a pastor, I was in business, and my degree is actually in economics and business. And, um, and, uh, and, then, and, and so you take an accounting class. And I think I got a C- minus in that. I think accounting and statistics were my worst grades in college, right? I just did. But but I do remember this. You credit on one side and you debit on the other. Now, I'm supposed to know which side, but that's what accountants are for, okay? I I don't need to know that. But you debit on the left and credit on the right or you credit on the left and you debit on the right or whatever it is. I know some of you who I know who are in accounting are smiling and laughing at me right now. Leave me alone. Don't judge me. But this is what Paul says. Paul says, whatever thing was credit to me, whatever I was tallying up, going, oh man, the numbers are looking really great. Oh man, it's looking really great. You know, if you go do online banking, maybe some some of your numbers are red and some of your numbers are black. And you know, however they do it, maybe there's a minus sign in front of some of them and a plus sign. And here's what Paul says. If you don't get anything, get this verse. The stuff that I was counting on as a plus, is a minus. My gains actually were losses. I took all the information, and it didn't turn into transformation. I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. In other words, Paul knew all this stuff. He knew the Bible. He knew He knew religion. He knew sacrifices. He knew all these things. But he didn't know Jesus until he did. And it radically transformed his life. I consider now loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, let's go back to Peter for just one second. You have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. That through his great and precious promises, you can participate in the divine nature. Do you know what the divine nature is? Knowing Christ Jesus is very simple. The gospel is very simple. That's why they call it good news. You don't have to memorize the first five books of the Bible. Matter of fact, well, anyway, uh, knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For who I've suffered, the lo- I have lost all things. In other words, I've taken all the things that were counted as a plus to me, and I've thrown them all away. And now it's just about the knowledge of Jesus. What would Jesus have me do in this situation? Again, going back to the scriptures, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life. You do have life in the scriptures. But it's these that point to Jesus. I consider them rubbish. Rubbish is a kind word that we've used in the English. Paul actually uses a harsher word. That I may gain Christ and what? May be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. A righteousness that comes through God and is by faith. When Peter talks about, first add to your faith goodness, and then goodness, knowledge. The knowledge is for one purpose. It's to get to know Jesus better. For example, let's say I go, um, I want to be a good husband. And I do want to be a good husband. And so I get on uh, Google and I type in, uh, what does it take to be a good spouse, right? And you'll probably get something from Psychology Today. Uh, I, I would read that article. That's fine. For, re, read about my brain. Um, read about different things. I, I might get on there, and it, it might talk about, you know, partnerships and sharing chores. Um, uh, it might talk about that. It might talk about, you know, kind of... Different little nuances and in information, and that's all important. But if I don't do any of it, if I just know, oh yeah, it's super important to share chores. Right? Yeah, John, what chores do you do? None of them. Very busy. Uh, I'm extremely busy. I'm a pastor. I, uh, I, I counsel people. Uh, Lisa does all the chores, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't work. What Paul is saying is, look, whatever you do, whatever you learn whatever you, how you're moving through life, you have got to invite Jesus into that knowledge. Because it might be great to share chores, and it might be great, but the Holy Spirit might be telling you to do something radically different. Do all the chores, or do whatever, or stop treating her that way, or stop treating him that way, or whatever. That which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness that comes from God and is by faith, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That's what I want to know. That's what 1 Peter's talking about. If we want to participate in the divine nature, it has to come from a deep personal relationship with Jesus. And it will transform us, hopefully, into his, his likeness. Now you say, this is awesome because I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection, isn't that cool? I, like, that sounds, that sounds like a really great life. It goes on. And the fellowship of sharing in his, da-da-da, sufferings. <laughs> See, most of the information that we try to gather from the internet or whatever it is, isn't it to make our life better? Like, isn't it to make our life more comfortable? It is for me. If I'm looking for a car, I don't, find, I don't do a search for the car that breaks down the most and is the least comfortable car. I try to find good value and all those kinds of things. But a life in following Jesus not only has the power of his resurrection, but it also has the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, sometimes things don't go the way that we would have them go. And so we share in these sufferings. Matter of fact, one of the things we're going to do in uh, communion today is participate to some extent in the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. It's a reminder that our lives are not our own. That Jesus died and was buried for our sins. This is a transformational thing that happens. And so when we take the bread and we take the cup, we're remembering Jesus' death, that in fact... Following Jesus is a life of dying to ourselves. This is why Peter, when he talks about you're going to escape these evil desires of the corruption of the flesh in following Christ. But it comes with these sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead. Paul sums up everything about having, He Paul had more information about God and the Bible than all of us would typically during his time. And the conclusion he comes to is those things are fine, but I count them all as lost in view of the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, that I may be found in him. I have told this story before, um, in my journey in following Jesus, I just talked to a neighbor today, this morning, about this. Um, he knows I'm a pastor, and so I happened to be outside in the morning, and he was outside. And uh, he asked me about a shirt I was wearing about the tribulation. Sorry, it's a long story. But, um, and uh, he wanted to know uh, who I listened to, to like, like who's, who's the pastor that I listen to, In order to, like, you know, somebody else preaching. And I'm like, me? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Um, And uh, we talked about a certain person who is a a pastor. And I said, I used to listen to them, um, but I became a Pharisee under their teaching. This is a very long time ago. And one of the reasons I knew I was a Pharisee is because I went to this one event and uh, they were talking about this scripture. And the person kept saying, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And I'm like, bruh, we get it. I can read the scripture. I know exactly what it says. And God, in a, as audible a voice as I've heard him, Jesus said to me at this time, I was probably 20, I was probably late 20s, early 30s. He said, you don't know me. Now, at that time, I was listening to hundreds of hours of, of teaching. I was memorizing page. I had this little thing, this little book I was creating of memorizing scripture. Okay? I was like, I was a really good Pharisee. I'm not gonna lie. I was really good. And then Jesus told me I don't know him. And you know what? I didn't know him. I knew scriptures. I knew how to play the Christian game. I knew kind of all the things that are important. But I didn't know Jesus And I can say with Paul now, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and if needed, the fellowship of his sufferings. Becoming like him. That is our goal. And as we go through this, the reason we call it belong is that all of us have some level of goodness. All of us have some level of knowledge that we're going to keep building on together. No matter where we are, the Lord doesn't care. Paul said, look, I count it as all loss. We're just moving forward. That's what we're doing. He goes on in this book, which is really similar to Philippians. It's called Colossians. It's, uh, it's right after Philippians in the Bible. But he says this, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so they may have the full riches of complete understanding. When Peter talks about gaining knowledge, this is exactly what he's talking about. Listen. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. It comes down to Jesus. Namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Hey, see, John, uh, you know, um, are you saying that I just, we don't spend any time like learning things? Of course not. We were created to learn. Your mind is amazing. You can learn about all sorts of stuff. Where we run into trouble is when we start to worship the information rather than the transformation. You begin to say, God, how does this help me become more like you? How does this help me tell my neighbors about Jesus? He goes on, uh, Paul does in 2 Corinthians. Like there's three, these three verses in chapter 2, 4, and 10 that all talk about this idea of knowledge. Uh, He says, but thanks be to God who always leads us, listen to this, as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us, listen, to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him Everywhere. Do you know why you learn? Do you know why Peter says add to your faith goodness and add to goodness knowledge? Because the more you know about coming to Christ, the better aroma you're going to be in the places you show up. I'll give you a little example. Uh, and this might hit too close to home to some of you. I don't, I don't know. But today's 4th of July. So we celebrate um, our, you know, our independence from the evil Brits, right? So if any of you are British, get out. We don't want you here. We're Americans, right? So we celebrate that. We celebrate our freedom. And uh, so we get together with family. Let me just ask if this has ever happened to you. Don't raise your hand out loud. But you've been on the internet, and you've been reading some things. And you have a lot of information on this particular topic. You can put it into whatever it is. Maybe it's football, okay? Maybe it's whatever. And you've got, you've got opinions, and you've got strong opinions. Maybe you've been dabbling in politics. Oh, man, you got some opinions on some politics. Boy, and it's visceral. If You feel it inside of you. You know you're right. And you go to that family gathering, and you talk to that person, or you go to that, that party or whatever it is, and you start talking to people. Isn't it amazing how little people you convince? Be honest. (laughs) Dear God, super quiet. Isn't it amazing how nobody listens to you? Now, the people who already believe what you believe, they're on it. They're like, oh, man, you know what? Oh, I was just reading this. I was just reading that, okay? Your job. And my job, when we get together with people, is to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him freaking everywhere we go. That's our job. As the worship band comes back up. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do this week. I want you to start looking at where you get your knowledge from, where you get your information from. And what is it doing for you? Oh, maybe you're online and you do. You read a whole article on a collapse of a building in Florida. Good. It's good to be. pray for the families or whatever it is. But how is that spreading the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere? How is that going to help you when you go to that party? And instead of talking about what you've learned about politics or the economy or whatever it is, you say, hey, man. Here's what Jesus is doing in my life. Or, you know what? I'm just trying to be Jesus wherever I go. Watch the difference that you'll begin to make in people's lives when that begins to happen. But it all has to do with being in the Word of God, being around people who understand Jesus, and taking that knowledge, applying it, and then becoming an aroma. It's not just to gain facts. We can do that all day long. We have a phone for that. You could tell me any scripture verse in the whole wide world, and I can find it in two seconds. But am I any closer to following Jesus? Let me pray for us. Lord God, we, uh, we are thankful to live in a time when we have access to all this information. And yet, Lord, it feels like we're not doing anything productive with it. We still struggle with anxiety. We still struggle with fear. We still struggle with injustice. We still struggle with a lack of understanding for those who are the least of these. We still struggle with uh, personal relationship issues and all that. Father God, would you help us this week as we step into maybe a new perspective of the importance of knowledge that we would just spend a week getting to know you, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering. So Lord, we thank you that you're there, you're waiting, you're saying, good, put the computer down, put the phone down. Let's spend time together. Why don't we go ahead and stand for the blessing? I want to read one more scripture. You don't need to put it up there. It's out of Romans. You can look at it this week if you want. Romans chapter uh, 11. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counselor, or who has given to God that God should repay him? For from him, and through him, and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen.